What's that place you've always wanted to try? Well, you're there. Sharing plates with just one bite. Or on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. You made it. Checked out of office to check into the sweet views of this place where the kids aren't asking for the Wi-Fi. Mom, can we go to the pool? And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Good afternoon, listeners. This is Jim the Keys, bartender, coming to you from the Florida Keys. How are you today? Um, A post-St. Patrick's Day briefing, I guess. It was uh, a beautiful day here in the Keys. I hope it was beautiful where you are. Um, the title of this show is Overly Confident. And I guess that could apply to me. And maybe it does. But, you know, it's funny that I would say it. Now we'll address that a little later. But uh, St. Patrick's Day is just like if you're in the United States listening to this. St. Patrick's Day is the same here as almost any place in the United States. Really is. You know, a bunch of people get go out, eat corned beef and cabbage. Things, you know, corned beef and cabbage, shepherd's pie. People say, this is great food. I love this. I wish you could have this every day. And I say to him, I said, listen, if it was great food, that you'd love to eat every day, we would have it on the menu. Corned beef and cabbage is really easy to prepare. Boiled potatoes, corned beef and cabbage, a shepherd's pie. Shepherd's pie is easy to prepare ahead of time, but tough to prepare for getting ready. Okay, I mean, having it set up, you don't make shepherd's pie to order. You make like 30 shepherd's pie and you cook them. So, yeah, and if that if that food was so great and so popular all the time, it would be on our menu. And the reason it's popular on St. Patrick's Day is people only eat it once or twice a year. I haven't had corned beef since last year. I still haven't had corned beef. If they have corned beef, I'll have some. Yesterday, as per usual for almost any bar, bar, restaurant, we have not a unique, but we have... Since we are a bar, a decent bar with a restaurant, we we did kind of like what happens at bars on St. Patrick's Day, and you know add that to it with the restaurant stuff we do. And we had a little, I think we had an 18th birthday party there. Um, it was it was crowded. Yesterday was interesting. I always have, uh, since I've been sober, I always have a reluctance to apply to the cultural celebrations here, in at least in the United States, it revolves around drinking. A lot of it does. When it's really not, it's not, not about that. It's, it's about, trust me, it's about the patron saint of Ireland, St. Patrick. I'm not going to educate on him. You should know that. St. Patrick did not come and bring kegs of beer to Ireland or Irish whiskey 
or an Irish cream liqueur so they can do car bombs. A car bomb is uh, Guinness. You do a couple ounces of Guinness in a glass. And a, um, now, I do Bailey's. You can also do Jameson's. And you drop it in there. That's kind of like a Irish Boilermaker. You drop it in the Bailey's and you drink. You drop in the Bailey's in the Guinness and then the shot and then you drink it. Now, I always had a problem with it for a good 20 years. Even while I was drinking, I didn't like the idea of them culturally appropriating the most negative aspect of the Irish persona, and that's as a terrorist. A terrorist that would uh, put a bomb in a car to indiscriminately kill people to make a political statement. And people say, well, they they were making a political statement because they couldn't go toe-to-toe with the British Army, so they were doing this to make... Yes, but it's over... I don't, it's St. Patrick's Day, bringing in the car bomb into St. Patrick's Day is too, you know, it's, it's, it, they're incongruent, the understanding of a religious man uh, who was St. Patrick. It's about the bringing uh, Ireland, well, he, brought Ireland, made it Catholic. If anybody had to do, if you want to, I guess maybe if you want to say, because when the Protestants came to Northern Ireland, that when they started disagreeing and all that stuff, and the the Protestants and and the Catholics went at it for quite a few years. For quite a few years. And I hate to say, you know, one was a was brought in by the governing, the body that's colonized Northern Ireland, which were the British. And when they took Northern Ireland, which is still part of the United Kingdom, the after World War One, the Republic of Ireland, which the whole all of Ireland at one point was kind of a vassal state to the United Kingdom. And after World War One there was a the Republic in the South became independent. You figure that would be good enough. No. There were still Catholics in Northern Ireland and they felt they were being discriminated against and misrepresented in the British Empire. So, And there was other things. You know, they're saying they wanted determination, things like that. But whatever it is, that's over now. And people say, no, it's not over. Well, that part is over. The part with the car bombs and stuff like that. Hopefully. They're done with that. You know, with the uh, agreement, the, the peace agreement uh, by, what was it, former uh, Senator Sam Nunn. It was brokered by American Senator and American President Bill Clinton. Yeah, they did one good thing. But here, yeah, St. Patrick's Day, I told the guy, nice guy, he ordered six of them. He had no idea what he was ordering. He says, I don't know what's in it. And I said, well, this is what? I had to give him 12 glasses. You have to give him 12 glasses for six six drinks. And I told, him, I, said, I told him why I don't like it. It's not because, first of all, I don't like cream drinks. I hate cream drinks. You know why? Because it muddies up the water when I'm washing my glasses. I know. Just change the water more, more often, yeah. I just don't like cream drinks. But what I really don't like about 
car bomb is the connotation that it gives to putting at forefront the the bombings. So it wasn't that. And I explained it to him. He turned out a nice guy. He had no idea what he's doing. He didn't know idea that six six of those would cost uh, forty six dollars. You know, it was two bottles of Guinness and six shots of uh, of Bailey's. And you're really not doing anything that they do. They don't do that in Ireland. They might do it. Try going into an Irish pub. That's for a car, Irish car bomb. You know, I think you might be looked at with a sideways glance. If I was going to use a trope, you know, and just say, "Hey, what do you mean? What are you talking about, laddie?" So, yeah, and and top it off. Yesterday, when I went into work, for some reason, I had an unknown malady. I wasn't feeling so hot. I had no idea. I was. You know, when, nowadays, in the last two years, whenever you feel a little sick, you're thinking, well, do I have COVID? What do I have? What do I have? And I'm thinking in my head, and I said, no, I don't. I'm thinking in my head. Well, I'm at work anyway. But I felt like, I don't know what dog shit feels like. Well, I have picked up dog shit, so I know some of it's soft and squishy, and some of it's hard, some of it's white. Blah, blah. But euphemistically, I felt like dog shit. I drank a little coffee, drank a little water. I wasn't, there wasn't one thing I could really point to. And people say, you look unhappy. Is it St. Patrick's? No, it's not. And towards the end of the night, it felt great. After I had a cup of coffee, a little water, I didn't eat anything. I was fine. And it was a successful night. I made it through the night and I feel great today. I'm talking to you. So that's it for St. Patrick's Day. But what's the next thing I do after St. Patrick's Day? What's my new tradition? Here in the Keys, at least. It's going on Monroe County Sheriff's Office uh, office arrest blotter, where they post the pictures of people that were arrested over the past week. And I thought, oh, well, maybe it was an interesting week, a weekend. I figured we'd have a lot of locals. Normally, there's a ton of locals just as many, considering how many vacationers we have, there's a ton of locals. And uh, I was not disappointed. I was, I didn't see anybody I knew, which I'm happy. I'm happy for that. I don't rejoice in people's misfortune. I don't. It's going to happen no matter what. And I always want to read and say, well, I'm going to see if there's anybody I should be looking out for. Or this or that, you know, or someone I don't want to know or someone I want to know. Because there are some, every so often, there's some really attractive women. And attractive women get in trouble too. And I always thought, and you heard it on a previous episode, that if, um, not that I would do it, but there's a lot of older guys down here, uh, my age and older, with but with significantly amount of uh, more resources than I have financial resources. And if you really want to meet someone that you haven't met before and you're you have a penchant for younger attractive women, uh you, you couldn't do much worse, you know, because if someone's going to be a gold digger after your money, that's what you pretty much have to gonna you're gonna to have to do to get a younger woman. 
you're going to hope that she looks beyond your your leathery, uh, liver-spotted skin and see the person within and the bank account within. And you can go and ride in as a, uh, a, a white knight coming in and say, listen, I'll help you with your legal troubles. I'll pay you. I'll get you bailed out. Well, that's where you, Monroe County, you should be, if you're one of those guys, you should be looking to do that. You know, or, you know, if you're frail, you may find up getting, if some, you, I would not, if you're a frail old man and you're looking for a younger woman, I wouldn't try to find a younger woman who's in there for battery. Because she'll probably be beating your ass after that. I don't choose to make light of that. It just happens. It's just one of those things. I do have a podcast. I don't, like I said, I don't rejoice in people's misfortune. But whether I rejoice or not, they're still going to misbehave. And there was one interesting one I was looking at. One interesting. And the arrest records show two and a half hour. It's not unusual for them to show someone who's incarcerated was picked up by Monroe County and they found out later that there were someone else and they have existing warrants in another place. And that's a lot of times you see that. Sometimes they release people really quick and then they have to go and rearrest them or sometimes they have them in custody and then they realize they're going to charge them with something else. Well, I noticed it looked, it appeared as if a kind of attractive woman was arrested. Tall, thin woman, uh, late 20s. Interesting. Interesting woman. What was her name? I don't want to say her name. First, well, it was Dakota Robert something or other. And they were arrested for some drug offenses and things like that. And then I see Failure to register as a criminal. Like, they had to register if they were coming into Key West. And the two people, and they looked similar. So I looked closer, and I looked at this, and it looked like they were held at, uh, they were wearing the same clothes. But they had two different poses. They got, it's interesting. So they took their pictures differently, or two separate pictures under each of the bookings. One was for failure to register and the other was for new crimes that they got picked up for. And they had the same town that they were from. The same address, the same address location. Right? But different ages and different names. And I thought for a second, last year, I guess they had some kind of twin thing down in Key West. And I noticed that there were two sets of twins. Identical twins that were arrested. That is same last name. Different first names. Same cities they were from. So, and the same birth dates. Which... You know, there is a possibility you could have two different people from the same town with the same birth date and not be twins. Right? And the same, did I say same last name? But I can confidently, confidently say these were twins because they looked exactly like. Well, the same thing happened with this person. And the second name was X Ayana. X, the letter X. 
N A I Y A N A. Ooh. And then I'm looking at the age, and the age is like three different, three years different. So they're not twins. They don't have the same name. But these two women, who I thought were women, are down as males. Both are male. And both have the kind of black plug earring on their, I think, their one ear. Uh, I would say their left ear. I had to say left because I got to remember it that way. But, you know, there was a side profile. One, I said, holy shit. If I was younger, I may have ended up talking to this person. Um, when I say talking, I may have, you know, this person went in and I said, that's interesting. So I wonder, the first name they had was Dakota Roberts. And the second name was the ex Ayana. I guess that went back. That's the name, well, the first name. I guess that was the first day. X. They tried, it looks like they tried a, um, it sounds like a, a superhero or super villain name. And so that, that was, that's pretty, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. And it turned out it's a dude. I hope it's not like a, if it's a dude transitioning a woman or a woman transitioning into a dude. I'm not against any of that. Uh, I like. I would. I would like to know. I'm glad. I had. I don't recall. This is probably the better thing. I don't recall ever having a run in with someone who I thought was a a woman who was a man, and it's an easy one. My father, uh, he told me about this movie. Uh, it came out. How did the movie? It was almost thirty years ago, and. Uh, Stephen Ray was in it, uh, and Forrest Whitaker. Oh, the Crying Game, the Crying Game, and in this movie, Forrest Whitaker is a British soldier who's kidnapped by uh, the IRA. Oh, well, it's kind of poignant, huh? He's kidnapped by the IRA, and they're they're going to execute him. They're planning on executing him to get back at the British government. And Stephen Ray, one of the IRA terrorists, starts talking to him when he's guarding him, when he's guarding him. And they told him, they told him don't develop a relationship with the guy. Don't talk to this guy, blah, blah, blah. Well, he ends up liking the guy. And Forrest Whitaker's character is talking about his girlfriend in London and how much he loves her, blah, 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 blah. And he, he thinks he's going to die. So uh, he tells the... Uh, Stephen Ray character, I think it's Stephen Ray. He says, "Listen, if if I don't make it, could you go and find her and tell her what happened?" I think that's the story of it, but it, it's not important to what I'm telling you. I don't want to give too much away, but I'm going to give it away. And you had you had 25, 30 years to watch this movie, okay? So Stephen Ray goes to London. He gets a job. I think he gets a job as a construction worker and. Forrest Whitaker's girlfriend works at a beauty salon and also goes to these weird-ass clubs. And there's a beautiful uh, a woman. And Stephen Ray starts talking to her and starts developing feelings for her. Um, oh, let me get back. Forrest Whitaker dies when he tries to escape and he runs in front of a, uh, a truckload of British troops run over him. <laughs> kind of ironic, huh? So... 
they have to split up because now they they know where these guys are. So Stephen Ray goes to London. He meets. He goes to the salon, meets the girl, blah blah blah, and he starts hanging out with her. Starts getting close, blah blah blah, and love, and you know, f- falls in affection with her. And while they were uh, having, and he's he's Irish, he's oblivious, and there's signals that this girl isn't what she says she is. And in part of it, he starts kissing her and starts kissing that in the front. And she doesn't have much upstairs. When I say upstairs, does that smart, but doesn't, you know, isn't big, big breasted. So he's working on way down the belly and all that stuff. And he comes to the waist, a little, little below the waist. And there's a little more equipment than he expected right there. And he just flips out, starts puking. I think he starts puking. He just gets gets really shocked by it. Which, it was one of the most true depictions of someone that was under it. And it turns out, turns out he tries to, he, he comes to grips with it in the end. Not that at that very time, but later on in the movie he comes, uh, not too much later because the movie doesn't go on much longer than that, but he ends up coming to grips with his feelings. So, that kind of like, it brought that idea back to me. That on St. Patrick's Day, ex Ayana was arrested. And I wondered if the person got in trouble because they're looking at this. And this, I mean, by the picture, this person may not try to be. May not be trying to be a woman. Just has long hair, worn in the... The, uh, in a hippie style, but he just depends to be, you know, but it, well, we did Dakota and Axayana sounds like they may want to pretend they're someone else. But that was the Ukrainian, but, you know, while I was talking, uh, I'm going to, it's a rough segue, but I was talking to my father on the phone and whenever I don't want to say what he said, but whenever I run into a person who's absolutely certain, absolutely certain they know, and I guess I'm overly confident that way too, absolutely certain about the things I know, but I think what I've learned through years of experience was not everything I know is exactly right. And I've been wrong many times. Okay, but there's people out there that are absolutely certain and they're no smarter than I am that they know what's going to happen when they die. They know exactly what happened when they die. You know, know, I don't know what's going to happen when I die. I'm not exactly sure. and I can't answer it. Now, the people that do use this little clause and the clause is called faith. And faith is believing without any tangible proof. Where science, you have proof, or you can recreate. Science, the scientific method is, you know, you can do all this research and all that stuff, and then you can create experiments and you can replicate an occurrence. And it happens under the right conditions, under the, the, the same conditions, should happen all the time. All the time, the same way. 
And that's proof. So we know if you take a match and you put it, you light a match and there's oxygen present, the match will burn. But we know when you take that match and you put it, let's say you can prop it up, put it under a glass. And the glass is, the there's no air coming in. You know, every time you do that, every time you do that, or a candle, let's say a candle, eventually the candle will go out. And that's proof that you need oxygen or air. The burnt, you know, originally when they started doing it, and they said, well, really, something, you know, fire, you just don't need fuel. You need, and you need uh, not only the base fuel, you need the one that helps with the chemical reaction, which is or the physical reaction of fire. And you keep on replacing it. Eventually you say, oh, the reason why is you need oxygen. You need oxygen, a combustible gas, to be able to keep the fire going. Now, let's go with these guys who are uh, terrorists. And I'll stay away from the St. Uh, Patrick's Day theme and go with the Muslim terrorists. Right? And with that meme of 72 versions, virgins. Now, where they came up with 72? Why 72? It's like some guy who pretended to be a terrorist cleric said, Well, what, um, why should I blow myself up? And I'll go to, I mean, I'm going to go into heaven, but I got to blow myself up. I mean, you're not going to blow. Well, when you blow yourself up, you go to, you're greeted by 72 versions and you get to have sex. You get to fuck them all the time for eternity. Now, I may be, you know, the only person to ask this, but eternity is forever. Forever. Life, if you're lucky, goes 90, even really lucky, 100 years. And those last 10 years, you're usually not doing a lot of fucking and stuff like that. But eternity is billions and billions of years if you believe in numbers. Some people don't believe in numbers. They think, you know, existence was 6,000 years and that's their numbers. And they say, oh, you know, whatever. So let's go for 6,000 years then. If that's forever for you. But I'm telling you, forever is multiple, infinite amount of 6,000 years. Yeah, there's multiples of that. Now, in my lifetime, if someone said, in your lifetime, you get to have 72 women, I'd go, okay, I'll be all right. I mean, because it'd be, and, and I'm not going to go over the numbers of the women I've been with and stuff like that. And, okay, well, I mean, maybe I choose a little better, right? And stuff like that. Not the one I have now. The one I get is the best. Is the best. No, but, if you're gonna, if you're one of these young guys, you're gonna blow yourself up, and you're gonna get 70, 72 versions. Now, in seventy two thousand years, you would have cumulatively spent a thousand years with each of those persons, right? And there's seventy two of them. Yeah. So what? Well, I'm just saying that's you. They should have came up with said. You know what? Every day you get a different virgin. For eternity. That would have been the one. Every day you get, you know, in Mormons, extreme Mormons thing, when you die, you go to your planet. 
You go to a planet where you become kind of like the father of the planet and everyone's your uh, subjects. And you, you know, obviously get the multiple wives again, too. So everyone has a version of that. Like you were going to get luckier in death than you were in life. So, but you got to do this real difficult thing. And we can't prove that it happens afterwards. I mean, he's the biggest con in the world. The biggest con in the world when someone says, listen, we need you to sacrifice yourself. But you, when you're dead, you're going to get so much. Imagine the lottery saying that. Say, listen, you're not going to, you know, I'm going to buy this lottery ticket. You're not going to win anything while you're alive. But when you're dead, I can guarantee you, you're going to get billions and billions of dollars. Would you buy that lottery ticket? Would you? No. You wouldn't buy it. You say, well, I'm going to find out. No one buys a lottery ticket for uh, or something a, a year away. They do bet on things a year away by buying stocks and things like that. Some people play the long game. But the way the lottery works is a lot of people have to believe it. And most people are short-term in their thinking are short-term and they're thinking, they think, what do I need next week? So, when you come out and say, well, I know this for certain because it's written in this book. And I got this book. And I can just grab a book right here. I said, you know, I do a lot of writing myself. And I write in books. And let's see what I wrote here. Oh. Well, that's interesting. No, I want to. I'm not going to read that one. That's not personal. It's just it was more business stuff. This is blow up the bridge. How do we get food and water? This is established and fall. Even though offending individuals just arrived by boat, overwhelming response is it's the fault of the outsiders, according to Tourism Today. In 2016, 54% of the key workforce is involved in tourism, $2.7 billion. Okay, now, that is my holy book. That's my holy book. How do you know? It was inspired by God, and I wrote it down. And I'm certain of it. And if you don't listen to me, you're going to be condemned for eternity. You're not going to be favored. Sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? And you're going to go and say, well, listen, what if I told you that book that I've just read from? That's what I wrote. So a thousand years from now, if someone were going to keep this book and it's going to stay in, in, uh, in circulation as the religious text for my religion, it will be, have been revised and translated hundreds of times. And excerpts would have been added and taken in. And after a thousand years, you may not even understand it. But people are so confident. So confident. And they say, well, listen, I have a personal relationship with my higher power. And, and I'll ask him, is that higher power charge at everyone in the universe? And they go, well, what do you mean everyone in the universe? Well, everyone on the planet then. Seven and a half billion people. And they'll go, yes. 
And then they'll say, well, how many believe? Maybe 10% believe the way you believe? Maybe even less? 700 million? 200 million? 100 million? 10 million? Let's let's go with a round number that 10,000. Let's say 10,000 people believe exactly what you believe, which may be size of a decent size burgeoning cult. All right? Now, play a little thought experiment with me. You come from a family, let's say a big family, like the Dugars or something like that. And you know how some of them came fucked up? They came fucked up. And you have like 20 kids. How close a relationship does that parent have with each of the kids? Now, let's say if there was 100 kids or one of those crazy potentates, old style potentates where they had a harem and they had like 800 kids. People say, well, that's my father. Well, you're one of 800. So you may be more of an acquaintance. You can call him your father. But he may not know who you are. Watch a little musical movie called uh, The King and I. And, uh, you know, he had his one favorite. He had one or two favorites, but the rest of them he couldn't give a shit about. Now, multiply that by 10,000. How personal is your relationship, really? How personal? We do everything like best, best friends, my closest confidant, this and that. How personal a relationship do you have with your higher power? Now, you can have a personal relationship. You can be faithful. You can be this. You can be that. I'll understand that. But, yeah, they, they, they may or may not. It doesn't. I don't know. I don't know the answers to it. I don't believe that a guy that looks like me with a white beard or someone that looks like God with a white beard or anything is up there controlling everything. Or planning everything. But I believe there is something else. But I'm not overly confident about it. And it would be nice to be confident about it, to know. But And people say, well, that's not faith. You got to have faith. Well, doesn't that, if I say you got to be faith, you got to have faith, does it feel right? You can get, oh, the Holy Spirit told me. Okay, well, there's all sorts of loopholes and stuff like that. But overly confident people are certain about things. I wasn't certain. Let's transfer that thing overly confident to something's tangible right now. There's a war going on in Ukraine. Yeah, you know, I was going to eventually get back to it. And I'm not sure, but I have a sneaking suspicion Putin thought it would be over in a week. That the Ukrainians were going to capitulate and they were going to be crushed. And it would be overwhelming devastation to the Ukrainian military and the world of fight would end. Well, it's only gotten stronger. And right now, there's more people coming in to fight the Russians than the Russians are sending their reinforcements. And they're losing more people and their logistics is all screwed up. They're losing equipment. Weapons are pouring into Ukraine from the U.S., the EU, whoever is Taiwan, Japan, they're, they're sending weapons in. And the world is pulling for you. And I understand people say, they should close the skies. They should close the skies. And they should. They should close the skies. It'd be nice if they closed the skies and Putin realized he lost, and then it wouldn't be. But the thing is, if they close the sky, the air above Ukraine, 
the uh, allies and whoever did it will be considered a combatant. And uh, Russia, the way they are behaving, or Putin's behaving, they would attack. And think of someone who has a gun. They bring a gun to a fight, right? And let's say you're big. You're, you're big, strong, powerful, a good fighter. And you're fighting someone who's big and strong, not necessarily as big as you, not necessarily experienced fighter as you, uh, but they don't have a gun. But you're, you're fist fight. They, the, the bigger person with the gun attacks this smaller, weaker person without a gun. And it's fighting to a draw, fighting to the draw, fighting to a draw. Then all of a sudden, uh, you know, they're holding off the little person's home, but they're, getting, they're accumulating damage, accumulating damage, accumulating damage. And then finally, somebody says, well, this is wrong, what that big guy... So you come in and you try to, you know, help out the little guy. And the big guy with the gun says, well, I'm going to shoot everyone. Let that sink in. I'm going to shoot everyone. If I'm going to lose, it's not fair. And I'm saving the world. Because you told, you lie so many times, you believe it. That's Putin right now. He's got a gun that's nuclear weapons. In a straight up fight, if we knew that was going to be anything, we knew that uh, it would just be engagements by, uh, you know, conventional weapons, no chemical weapons and things like that, then, yeah, maybe they would, but they just don't trust them. And they don't, they, they don't want to put him in that position. They're not trying to be considerate. They're being considerate of his mental illness. And we know that the Ukraine is right now, well, at least this is what I believe, and I believed it from the beginning, that he wasn't sure. He didn't know what he was getting into. And he didn't know what it was like for people to fight people in their own homes, on home turf. A big country on its home turf. This is not Crimea. This is not Duhansk. This is not Luhansk. And the world wasn't arrayed against you and you didn't have resupplying and, and people coming in to help fight them. And now you're stuck. Now you're stuck. Now that's this is going to be the problem from from now on. The problem, well, other than the problem is that they're attacking civilians and stuff like that. But I just want to say, if you want to help out the Ukraine to save the children, there's a whole bunch of, there's uh, Doctors Without Borders. That's always good. I know I'm always going to put that in. I don't want to be one of those guys that start supporting something and then pull back. Because you know what? It's going on for more than three weeks. How much attention do we have? How much attention can I give to it? You know what? The people in the Ukraine, they're they're very attentive. Why can't we be them? Oh, well, the, the Academy Awards is coming up. The NCAA finals. They, they, the tournament's coming up. Yeah, yeah. There's other things. There's people worrying about the family staying alive, worrying about being fed, worrying about their buildings and their relatives and, and their country. So I think I can commit like 10 minutes a show to that. Um, 
I'd like to thank you for listening. I'd like to thank for everyone that's downloading. Please keep those downloads up. I haven't said that in a while. You know, being able to download and uh, doing more downloads, I get impressions. Impressions uh, are different than downloads. Downloads are the meat and potatoes when it comes to podcasts. And uh, I'm hoping, beyond hope, that we keep on doing this. I hope for a good outcome for the Ukraine and the podcast, too. On a separate note, but, and I'm not kidding myself. I realized I, oh, I have a couple thousand people listening. Yes, I do understand that. And I realize some of you do have different opinions. I don't think if you're really deep into the the thing that Putin's a good guy, maybe, and he's doing God's work, you might not want to listen to his show. You might not, because then you might start buying some of the bullshit I spell. And I do spout some bullshit to some things I'm strong about. I'm strong about my commitment to Ukraine. I'm strong about the commitment to my family. But whenever I'm, someone asks me, do we serve, do we serve Dolphin? I'll say we serve anybody who has the money. That's bullshit. If a Dolphin came in, we would not serve the Dolphin. We would just call the newspaper or someone. So you got to see this. I think this is a joke. And I'm waiting for the punchline. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. I don't think I'm going to do another show. Now, it's only two episodes this week, but I'll be back next week. And uh, I have more time. I'll have a couple episodes. And uh, take care. And uh, to all my friends in Ukraine and Eastern Europe, stay strong. Bye. I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra cash. Cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SIMPLE for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SIMPLE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SIMPLE for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. And now an update on what some analysts and reporters are calling the Great Resignation and the upside of it all. As many as 44% of workers are leaving their 9-to-5s behind and looking for life hacks to make up the difference in income as they pursue other jobs. And as that number grows, so have downloads of an app called Upside. It's a free app for cash back on gas, groceries, and at restaurants. Can an app like Upside really make a difference? You bet. With Upside, users can earn an average of $96 a year. And it works at all the big gas brands like Shell, BP, Valero, Phillips 66, Circle K, etc. And at favorite local grocers and restaurants. Everyone's got to drive and eat, right? If you want to get in on this life hack, we have a promo code for you. 
Head to the App Store or Google Play and download Upside. Enter code HACK to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use code HACK.